What's up, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Life's a Garden. If you're new to the program, do me a favor. Subscribe and follow on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. It really helps us out, and it helps this podcast grow. Which, by the way, I'd be remiss not to mention that it is officially the three-year anniversary of this show. Happy three-year anniversary, three years running strong. Um, I want to send a huge thank you to all the fans out there, to anybody who has watched this show, whether it was one time or if you're a reoccurring viewer. Thank you so very much for the support. Thank you for uh, just being involved. And I hope over the years I've been able to give you a little bit of entertainment Sprinkle in some positivity and motivation along the way. And um, again, if you're new, I hope you're a long time, you, you become a new longtime viewer because this thing ain't stopping. The train does not stop. We keep on keeping on. Three years strong, and we're going to keep going. Three years in the making. It is awesome to think, it's awesome to say. And um, yeah, like I said, the train doesn't stop. We keep going. And uh, just a huge, I, I just wanted to stop and, and say a huge thank you to everybody out there who has supported over these past three years. It, it means a lot. It really does. Today's opening message is going to be always look to take a positive out of a negative. Um, we, we in life experience ups and downs all the time. And anytime you experience a negative, whatever it may be, something that affects you negatively or that brings you down, try to find the positive in that. What can you learn? How can you grow from this experience? Because if you just let the negatives take you down without learning anything, without taking away something that can better you, maybe it'll help prevent these negatives from happening again, then it's pointless because they will happen again. If you can't learn from these mistakes, if you can't learn from your downfalls, then you're likely to fall down again. So that's the message today. Just look for the positives. Look look to learn from from the negatives that happen in life because we can't avoid them. They they will come. But if we can learn to redirect our way away from those if we can learn how to uh better traverse these negativities then we will experience them a lot less often and therefore making our lives a lot more positive bringing more positivity in plus if you look for the positive and negative it negates that negative it's it's even playing field at that point so that's my opening message for this week. Um, got a lot to get into. Got back from Denver. Got, got to tell you about my Denver trip and uh, a whole lot more. So we will get into that. But first, let's hit that intro music and get into today's episode. It is number 154 of Life's a Garden. Talking to Michael. I got a back. I got a back here. Right here. Back. 
Yeah. Thank you guys for joining me. Another exciting episode of Life's a Garden Podcast. Um, yeah, so back from my second trip from Denver and pretty much just been in recovery mode ever since because woo-wee, your boy went a little hard. So it's been a lot of water drinking. It's been a lot of rest and relaxation, trying to eat a little better because man, yeah, I, I, I took it a little, I, I took it a little hard, uh, that, that weekend. I, I went a little bit rough and I'll tell you what, when I, dr- it's always been the case and I knew this, I knew this going in and yet I still chose to just forget the things that I've learned before. As I said in the beginning, learn from your mistakes. Didn't do that this time. Uh, I always get way more fucked up in Denver because of the altitude. It really does hit me a lot harder than it does here or anywhere else. So yeah, I've been in recovery mode since that trip and I'll dive into all the details of that. But, um, I will say this first, went down to the trip, went down for the NBA finals, which was a treat. To do so. Like, it was so cool to be able to go to an NBA Finals game and get to see my team play in a championship game. Now, if you haven't been paying attention, this was game two, and we lost. So, that was kind of a disappointment, right? Um, You know, obviously... you go down there, you spend a lot, like, when I say, that that was the most expensive ticket I've ever paid for, aside, like, m- the most expensive, like, single event ticket I've ever paid for that wasn't my plane ticket to Ireland. So, um, kind of a disappointment, you know, you spend that money, you go down there, you hope to see a win. But we didn't, and it's all good because the boys are up three to one right now, and this podcast comes out Monday. Tonight might be the night that we get that ring, and you know what? It'll all still be worth it to have been there. We lost the game, but I still got to be a part of their journey, part of the road to that championship, baby. So it will still be worth it so long as we hoist that trophy. Now let's get into the details of the actual trip, right? Um, flew out on Saturday, last Saturday. Uh, and the Dude, this was the smallest plane I have ever been on. And the smaller the planes typically mean the rougher the turbulence. Uh, it was two by one. There was two seats on one side and one seat on the other. I've never seen this in my life. Flying United. Um, fortunately, though, no turbulence. It was the quickest I've ever gone from landing to deplaning. It ta- we taxied like it was instantly to the to the airport or to the uh, to the gate, and yeah, we were we were on. So, we didn't have a car. We pretty much just took trains everywhere. We took trains and Ubers and everything like that everywhere. First night, we just kind of hung out. 
downtown a little bit and then uh, stayed at my buddy Gabe's uh, parent-in-law's place, which was super cool that they that they let us stay there. They, they live in, like, uh, the Golden, Colorado area, which is where the greatest beer on earth is brewed, Coors Light, which I consumed much of, as I previously mentioned. Coors Light, the new king of beers. How about that? Coors Light is quietly being named America's new, number one beer after the after the Bud Light debacle. Um, but yeah, so we're staying in Golden. And just outside of Golden, there's this place called Blackhawk. Blackhawk is like a uh, resort casino type town, kind of like Deadwood. And so we we decided to go up there. We took a trip up there, which was super cool. It's like through this canyon, and then it just opens up, and there's just this giant resort, the first thing you see. And they're just lining up these resorts after one, one after another. Um, so we stopped there. They got live tables. They got poker. They got blackjack. They got roulette. All that shit. Cr- uh, craps. Always wanted to learn how to play craps. Craps looks like the funnest game because everybody's having a good time. It seems like I just have no fucking clue how to play. I kind of got a tutorial. Gabe showed me a little bit about it. Still don't truly understand it. But uh, we were playing the machines a little bit, threw in a little bit of cash. I threw in a twenty on a machine, turned that into sixty, took the sixty dollar voucher, slid it into another machine, turned that shit into $200, and I'm like, dude, we're rocking and rolling here, right? And then we're, we're getting ready to split and go to the next place. Before that, though, I'm like, dude, I'm feeling so lucky right now, and I've always wanted to do this, So, and I'm up some money now, so now I got the chance to do it. <clears throat> I look at Gabe, and I go, let's go put 100 bucks on black. So I slap $100 down on black for roulette, if you're not familiar with roulette, it's the little spinny one. Half of them are black, half of them are red. And then there's two green ones. It's double zero and zero a green. And I think there's like 30-some numbers on there. Maybe even more. It might be like 50-some numbers. But anyway, it's essentially a 50-50 shot to hit red or black. And you double your money. So if I would have hit black, I was going to get 200, or I'd get another 100, so I'd leave with 200. The fucking ball lands on green. Like, the chances of that are so slim. So slim. So, (laughs) I'm thinking, that's the worst luck possible. That's like flipping a coin. You got a 50-50 shot, and it lands sideways. That's That's how unlucky that was. So that's when the luck pretty much turned. Yeah. So we we went and checked out a couple of the other resorts. And one lady, dude, one lady won $30,000 on a machine. We were just walking around and we hear, and this lady's like on the ground crying. And we're like, what the fuck is going on over here? Her group's like, dude, she just won $30,000. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) Why couldn't that have been me? But. That's how gambling goes, you know. You win some, you lose some. So the next day is the game. We get up. Uh, we go just straight downtown. We're hanging out. Go to One Up, which is an arcade bar. We're hanging out there for a little bit. Walk down to the stadium. As I said, 
game didn't quite go as we had hoped. But the experience, we were sit- we had great seats. It was a good time. It was a good game, really. It was the best game in the series, to be honest. Uh, obviously, the outcome wasn't what I wanted, but truthfully, it was the most back and forth. It was the only time we were tested, and I got to see that. You know, it was the it was the most competitive game that we had. And you know what? Here's the bottom line: the only reason the Miami Heat won that game is the only game that they've gotten over a hundred points. So kudos to the Denver defense. And this was the, uh, they had to pretty much perform their absolute best. They were shooting lights out from the three-point line. They just had everything going for them. And we still only lost by three points. And that's everything you need to know about the series. So I was, it was good to get to see an entertaining, exciting game. Granted, yes, it would have been much more thrilling to have walked out of there as the victors. And you know what? I would have probably gotten way more fucked up had we won. And I would have been an obnoxious piece of shit. But the hangover that I experienced the next day, which was incredibly shitty, I would have at least been like, hey, it was worth it. Instead, I wake up and I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I put myself through that after losing? I guess I was just drowning my sorrows in alcohol. But that hangover was severe next day we get up we we go have some breakfast that kind of cures my hangover just a tad enough for us to go play some top golf which i crushed at by the way first time i've ever like really done well at top golf but that was fun i always like doing top golf but we're we're heading to the airport and i am feeling nauseous as fuck like i am i am on the verge of throwing up this thing's kicking my ass so hard. And then some, like, I, I had some Sprite. I took some Advil. And it was like, it, I just was cured. It was, it was the rest, it was the magical recipe that I needed. Because I felt good up until then. I, I felt like shit in the morning. Then we headed to the airport. And I started, I was like going to throw up. And then it just went away. Um, once we, so here's, here, this is kind of funny. We got to the airport, and the uh, the uh, fucking oh, we're, we're heading up the escalators. To, we got through TSA like that, which was insane because it, it was a Monday. But it was insane that we got through TSA so fast. Last time I went through DIA, it took me forever. Um, as we're going up the escalator to get to the terminal, there is this obvious band that gets off. That, that's getting on the escalator next to us. They're all in black. Like, there's four of them. They're clearly in a band. The way they were... if You'd have to see them, but... If you know what a band looks like, that's what they looked like. They looked like a band. A metal band, at that. So we're going up, and I just say... I casually say to them, You guys in a band? It was an obvious question. Just trying to, like, ask an obvious question. And they go, Yeah. And I was like, Sweet, man. Anything I've heard of? And the fucking one guy looks at me and says, ah, yeah, Metallica. And I'm like, do I look like a fucking idiot? If I was inquisitive enough to ask you that if you were in a band, don't you think I know who fucking Metallica is? And at first I thought, 
oh, he's just razzing me. He's just because the other guys started laughing and they're like, oh, yeah, we wish. Because the guy, I, 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 like I said, I asked the one guy anything I've heard of. Like, what's the band? Like, what's your guy's name? And he says Metallica. You ever heard of them? And I was like, yeah. Who hasn't heard of Metallica? But guess what? You're not them. You're not James Hetfield, fella. And so I'm thinking, my like I said, my first thought is he's just like trying to pull one over on me, like like he's just being a, a like smart ass. Like obviously they're not Metallica, right? And then the, the other dudes are laughing it off, and I'm just like, ha ha, yeah yeah yeah. And then we keep going, and in my and and then they say nothing. They say nothing else. So I'm like, in my head, I'm just kind of like. So, you're going to tell me that band name or just not? And that made no sense to me because, first of all, if I'm if I'm curious enough to ask, why wouldn't you just fucking tell me? Like, sorry, dude, I guess that's one less Spotify click you're getting. It just didn't make sense to me. Why wouldn't you tell me who you are? Chances are I'm going to look you up, like, immediately. That, just, that, that really threw me through a loop. But then it dawned on me, maybe this guy actually thought he was going to trick me into thinking that they were actually Metallica. Like, that's the only other thing that makes sense as to why he just, like, left it at that. Because he actually thought that I thought they were Metallica. And I'm like, wouldn't I have reacted a little bit differently if I... if I truly knew you were Metallica or if, or if I actually thought you were like, they looked like a fucking like heavy, heavy metal band. Like they weren't wearing the makeup and shit, but they were, they were just shy of wearing like black metal makeup. But anyway, that, that was just a very bizarre exchange between me and that group and whoever they are out there. <laughs> I can't promote you now. Sorry. Not getting any free advertisement for me because don't know who you are. You were too stupid to tell me who the fuck you were. Would have easily I could have been on here being like, yeah, I met the I met XY like this band. Go check them out. But no. You had to be a fucking smartass and try and make me th- try and say I was that you were fucking Metallica. But anyway. So that's the trip in a nutshell. It was a pretty down and back trip. So glad we flew because it was raining the whole time from basically from here to Wyoming or from here to, to Denver. It was raining all the way through on the day we left. So that would have been miserable to drive through on top of the fact that we already know Wyoming's miserable as it is without the weather. But there's always weather, of course, because Wyoming can't just give you a fucking break. I'm not about to go on another Wyoming rant. No, 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 no. Um, speaking of expensive tickets, though, I did want to bring this up. Because, like I said, that was the most expensive single event ticket I have ever purchased in my life. You know what else is really expensive, apparently? Taylor Swift tickets. This has been an ongoing thing. Apparently, Taylor Swift tickets are going for, like, $10,000. I got to go to an NBA finals game for 
way less than some of these idiots are going to see Taylor Swift. I can't even imagine a single musician, single artist, that I would ever pay more than $100 to go see. Unless it was like a festival. Like, I would go to see multiple acts for over $100. But a one-time... Dude, I've never paid more than $100 to go see a band that I loved. To spend $10,000 to go see Taylor Swift? Now, obviously... Taylor Swift is not in my wheelhouse. That's not my, and I'm not her demographic. So it makes perfect sense that I would feel this way. Her demographic is fucking white women, basic white bitches. That's who likes Taylor Swift. If there's anybody that's not a basic white bitch at a Taylor Swift concert, you doing there? Who the fuck are you? And more importantly, if you're a guy and you're spending that money to go to a Taylor Swift concert, you doing? Who the fuck are you? Swifties, they call them. And, you know, whatever. Like what you want to like, that's fine. But here, here's what I'm going to say about it. And you know what? This is a quick way to make... To, to lose a lot of fans. So I'm taking a big risk here. But I'm going to say it. Because I speak the truth on this podcast. And I don't hold any punches. Taylor Swift. Is. Overrated. I said it. And I mean it. Because. It's the absolute truth. I don't really know a lot of Taylor Swift songs. But the ones that I've heard. I'm just like. Okay. Like this is fine. It doesn't sound any more... I don't understand. I just don't understand the draw. I don't... Nothing about her just, like, screams off the page for me. Like, yeah, she's a good singer. Yeah, I'm sure she's got some catchy tunes that are fine. But it's not like her music is just, like, mind-blowing. It's not, like... It's not life-changing. It's... eh. Most of her shits, aren't they like breakup songs and just like boring shit like that? Like just basic white bitch shit? It's not like masterful, like genius songwriting. Like, oh my god, this like touched me and just changed me forever. This really made me think. Like, when was the last time you heard a Taylor Swift song and really thought? Like really like broke through on some like theoretical like breakthrough when did you have like a like a explosion of the mind listening to a taylor swift song i'm sure they're catchy i'm sure like there's parts that are but there's oh there's so many artists that are catchy right aren't there There, there's there's a ton of artists that make catchy music and catchy songs they're not selling ten thousand dollar tickets unless maybe drake I don't know how much Drake tickets are going for, but I guarantee they're not as much as Taylor Swift because isn't Taylor Swift breaking all the records on ticket sales? Like, she's hot. I guess that is that a thing? But they're all women going to the show. So is it a bunch of lezzies that are going to these shows? That's the only other thing I can think of is because she's hot because she can't fucking dance. I can't imagine her, like, show is just electric. I mean, she's not putting on Rob Zombie-style theatrics. I guarantee that. She's not putting on, like, dude, 
I, I saw videos of the Kane Brown concert that came here. That looked crazy as fuck. Like, there was confetti cannons, and I'm sure she does a, a, quite a bit of that stuff. But even Lady Gaga, who I ripped a new asshole last week, I guess I'm just on a roll of, of tearing down female singers who are, like, way more powerful and could just destroy me in a second. I, I don't mean to be, I'm not trying, I'm not on like this, on this, uh, train of trying to derail, uh, these female artists. I mean, I, I appreciate them and I, and I respect them for what they've done. I just don't get it is the thing. That's just me. I get why she's popular. I just don't get why she's that popular. If you know what I'm saying. That's the only point I'm making. But I'm sure, like I said, I would I would way rather go to a Lady Gaga concert than a Taylor Swift concert. Because Lady Gaga is just, she is fucking amazing when it comes to music. I only tore down her acting and her, like, you know, psychosis. Um, beard update. My beard's starting to kind of grow back up. It's actually starting to look normal again. And this whole debacle with the beard, uh, it really got me to think. It's it's absolutely insane to me to think about the fact that I used to, like, legitimately shave my beard. Like, straight razor shave it. I would have hair growing in and shave it. Like, I put shaving cream and on, a, on like, a bi-weekly basis would clean shave except this little gay uh douchey not it is a douchey freaking chin beard like a little like a little patch like a goatee that's what i would do is there anything worse than that like i, I it boggles my mind that i ever would do such a thing like honestly that might be the gayest thing i've ever done in my life is shave my beard. Like, if you are a hetero man, if you are a if you are a adult male who is hetero and can grow a full beard, but you choose to shave it clean, you're gay. Like you're 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 in the closet. And 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 hey, all due respect, I'm happy for you. Like, we, it's a breakthrough. We, we discovered it. And now we work, you know, come on out. You're welcome to come out and, you're, and you'll be, you'll be uh, welcome arms. But, but the bottom line is, you can't take a cold blade to your face and take away your, your masculinity. You're, you're basically chopping off your nuts. If you, if you shave your beard off. Now, I'll give you the credit if you can't grow facial hair, if it's just patchy and shit. Hey, you're doing the world a solid by shaving that shit. Nothing's worse than patchy facial hair. If you can grow just a mustache or a little something here, though, bro, you can't go full clean shave. We're not in the 1920s anymore. Like, in 2023, if you shave your facial hair completely off you're gay i mean I, I don't know how else to say it 
It's it's just how it is. And I, I and and let me say this too. If you want to be if you want to be a, uh, a a support, we are in Pride Month after all. If you want to be an advocate and be be a, a um be a supporter, and you're and you're a straight man, go for it. Shave that beard off, and buddy, you're in the club for the month. Like you are you are standing strongly beside these people because that's about as gay as it gets. Is to is to shave your beard to shave it completely clean off. I mean, the only thing gayer than that is carrying an umbrella. And I know I already did this bit, but I'm doing it again. Because, A, I, I fucked up and didn't clip it. And, B, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm expanding on the bit. But, truthfully, aside from shaving a beard, the only thing gayer than that, maybe, is carrying an umbrella. Because, I mean, just think about it. Like, you're, you're walking. You're, oh, I don't want to get wet. <laughs> Please don't get wet. And then, like, the wind picks up and you're like, ooh, ooh. Like, you're fighting to, like, ooh, ooh. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> Figure it out. So, um, Gillette should, uh, how is Gillette not? Didn't Gillette go the other way a couple years ago? Wasn't Gillette, like, just for men? Or, like, they really, like, pounded at home that they were super hetero. I don't remember. Uh, obviously, every company goes gay during uh, June. However, like I said last week, has anybody really seen the the, the logos changing and, and like, big pride uh, commercials? Nope, because Bud Light... What happened to Bud Light really did have a ripple effect on... All that. And I was curious to see if it would happen. And guess what? It is. Oh, man. But anyway, let's... Uh, I, I, I know I talked a lot about the Nuggets last week, and so that's why I waited till about the middle of the episode to talk about them now, because you know I gotta. It's my team, man. We're on the cusp of winning our first NBA championship. And I'm gonna be honest with you... It was looking dicey after that game, too. I really did feel like we could be in for a long series. Even though I knew in my heart of hearts, the Denver Nuggets are the best team in the league right now. Truthfully, we are just playing at at a level that I don't know that anybody could beat. We we beat the, the Phoenix Suns, who I thought were a, like the biggest threat. We beat, we swept the Los Angeles Lakers, who were the best defensive team in the NBA final, or in the NBA playoffs, and have one of the best players of all time and one of the best clutch playoff players with a deep roster, I might add. And granted, the Miami Heat are definitely not the best team that we could have played. I, I, cl- Clearly, they earned their spot. I'm going to give my flowers to the Miami Heat. They earned their spot in these NBA Finals. They they got the play-in tournament. They beat the number one seed, Milwaukee Bucks. Huge. Huge. They beat the number two Boston Celtics. Who, But it, it, ultimately, I don't know that we would have lost to any of those teams. 
I think we beat the Bucks. I think we beat the Celtics. I think we beat the 76ers. I do think those are tougher games. I think we have to work a lot harder to, to win those games. And I think it potentially goes six or seven games. So, no disrespect on the Miami Heat. But the Denver Nuggets are leagues above them. Leagues. Like, I was watching the game last night. Because, you know, I had to wait to find out if we were going to go up to, to win these next two games. Because, Grant, like, I, I could have came on this show hanging my head real low. Immediate, I could have done this podcast immediately after the Denver trip and been just sulking and, and fucking, you know, wallowing in my pity. But I had to wait to see what happened in these next two games. And boy, oh boy, did we not disappoint. We've been playing outstanding defense. And our offense is just unstoppable. We're not even playing our best offense. That's the thing. That's the scary thing. Michael Porter Jr. has been very cold in these playoffs. Uh, we've had up and downs with different... Like, the nice thing is we have a lot of players that can come off the bench and just show up. Aaron Gordon had a career-high game last night. Game three, Christian Braun came out of nowhere and put up 15 points. Bruce Brown has been a stud in these playoffs. Obviously, Jamal Murray and, and Nikola Jokic are who they are. And they're destroying. Like, they're both having dominant games. Game three, they both scored 30-point triple-doubles. First time in NBA history that that's ever happened, ever. Regular season or playoffs. Now, um, what I saw last night, and granted, they played tough for about three quarters. The Miami Heat. They played us tough. And then it basically looked like child's play. After that, like once we got a rhythm going, there was nothing they could do to stop us. The, two of the Miami Heat starters had one of them had zero points and one of them had two points. At this point, I'm like, why isn't Kyle Lowry starting? I don't get it. These other guys, they're just they just don't have it. the The pressure is too much for them. They're young. They are talented, but they're just not there yet. We are. V- highly advancedly developed team. We have a lot of chemistry. You can see it in the way we pass to each other, the way that we just know where the guy's going to be for a dunk or an alley-oop or a fucking uh, just pitch it out to the three-point line. It was like watching adults play with children in that fourth quarter. We we They had nothing for us. They, they could not keep up. And props to Jimmy Butler. He's He's fought his ass off. I, the thing is, he he hasn't had just dominant performances against us, and that's huge. Kudos to Aaron Gordon and KCP and those guys who have had great defensive standouts against him. Um, like I said, I think we're playing very underrated defense in these playoffs, and I think that deserves to be uh, talked about. But uh. Going to Miami and win two straight games? Yeah. I mean, I think the writing's on the wall. It's pretty much... It's just a matter of time. It's a matter of just finishing them at this point. Only one team in NBA history has ever come back down 3-1 in the the NBA Finals. And I believe that was a LeBron-led Cavaliers team against the Warriors. Which is pretty impressive. 
but I don't. I just don't foresee that happening. Like I just can't see how the Miami Heat could possibly win three straight games against us. Two of those being in Denver. I hope we just pull it off tonight. I hope we just win it at home in Game Five. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was very tempted to go back just to redeem myself, but it's too much. I couldn't do it again. And not to mention, I don't want to be our bad luck charm. Could you imagine if I went down there twice, spent all that money, gone down twice, and lost both games? That would be the most heartbreaking thing I think of. I would probably throw myself off a cliff. Just kidding. I wouldn't actually do that. But, um, oh, dude. I gotta mention this. Speaking of musicians who are just... I don't even think this guy's a musician. And I'm almost in fact I'm positive he's not. He's a producer or whatever. DJ Khaled, well he's a DJ apparently. But DJ Khaled, who's apparently a big Miami Heat fan, he's at all the games. He's like he's the uh Jack Nicholson for the Heat essentially. He's like their celebrity fan. D- DJ Khaled might be one of the single most obnoxious human beings on planet Earth. Like, another guy, another guy, another guy that I just don't understand how they're as famous as they are. I I truly don't get it. Like, if he's a producer or if he's, like, a guy that finds talent, okay, cool. But does he himself really have talent? Do DJs really have talent? Like, you're just playing other people's songs. Like, I get there's things that you gotta do, and there's, like, little, you know, remixes and shit. But you're not creating anything, really. If you if you create a beat, you create stuff, cool. Okay, you got some talent. But if you're just playing other people's songs, that's not that talented. And if you are DJ Khaled and think that you're Mr... Uh, motivational speaker. <laughs> Who the fuck are you motivating? Dude, this g- DJ Khaled literally I think DJ Khaled has autism. Like the way he talks, the way he is, he's like a he's like an overgrown child. That's how he acts. Like the things he says like Another one. Or what's his other one? Uh, what's his other? Uh, we the best. Like, he has these little these little quips or these little uh, trademark fucking like t-shirt style things that he says all the time. And he just plugs them in randomly on every conversation. Like, he'll be playing golf and be like, another one. It's like, uh, okay, come up with something different, huh? Or like, what does that even mean? Like, we out here golfing, yeah. We out here golfing, yeah. Okay, uh, cool. The dude, he they had him on, like, NBA Tonight or whatever the like the, the pregame shit was for the, for the last game. And I'm just looking at him like, dude, shut the fuck up. You make no sense. I mean, yeah, I think he might be on the spectrum a little bit. So that that would that would kind of make sense. Speaking of golf, actually, the PGA just 
announced that they will be, I think what I understand, because I don't follow golf that much. I know I golfed one game, and I like Top Golf. But from my understanding, it sounds like the PGA is working on a partnership with Live Golf. Live Golf is the uh, Saudi-owned golf company that emerged just a little over a year ago. They paid all these top golfers just ridiculous amounts of money, like $300 million to come play for them. Where they, like, and, and the rules are different. It's, like, it's super fun. The way Live is is, like, really fun, I guess. And it's been very successful. But uh, PGA, uh, in the beginning, PGA denounced like every golfer that pl- that went over to them. They said, if you if you sign with Live Golf, you can never play for PGA again. Like they were, they threw the hammer down. And a lot of golfers stayed who, who got offered money to go to Live Golf were loyal to PGA and stayed. One of them being Royal Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy apparently was uh, offered like $300 million to go play for Liv. He stuck to his guns. He stayed with the PGA. He denounced Liv. He denounced all the golfers that went to Liv. He had the PGA's back. And now... The CEO of PGA is partnering with Liv, and guess who's getting all that money? The CEO of PGA. And you know what Rory McIlroy is doing? He's sticking to his guns, and, like, he should feel so slighted for this, yet he's just... He's acting like it's no big deal. I mean, the dude's rich as fuck anyway. But he's acting like it's no big deal. The guy's a fucking cuck. Is what he is. He should be so fucking pissed. He should ask for royalties. He he should ask for, like, ownership in the PGA after this shit. He, t- he, he didn't take 30, $300 million to stay with the PGA. And now the PGA is basically like... Oh, we're just going to like team up with those guys. Like we're forgiving everything that those guys did. We're forgiving all the golfers. We just want all the best golfers because the PGA was losing money. And now they're teaming with Liv and and they're getting all rich. Even though Rory could have went over, made all that fucking money and then still apparently got to be part of PGA. PGA completely went back on their word. This is what I understand of it. But Uh, um, Father's Day is coming up. So, um, when is Father's Day, actually? Is it the 19th of June, I want to say, maybe? Is it next Saturday? Or Sunday, I mean? The 18th or something? The 18th or the 19th? Uh, yeah, I think it's... I, I do believe Father's Day will be, when this comes out, this upcoming weekend. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure. Nonetheless, let me go ahead and just start by saying happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, happy uh, heavenly father, Father's Day to my dad and to my uh, adoptive dad, who is my Uncle Don. Both of them. I, I just want to say happy Father's Day to both of you. And uh, thank you for being... 
role models to me, father figures teaching me life lessons, teaching me um, how to be a man, just how to interact with or how, how to treat people, how, how to like basic basic life knowledge essentially is what I learned from both those guys. I, I learned a lot of street knowledge, street smarts. And so, you know, I'm, I'm the, I am who I am in large part due to both of them. So I want to thank both of them and wish them a, hev- a heavenly happy father's day as well as which I want to wish a happy father's day to all my friends who are like new fathers, my friend, Mac, my friend, Gabe, um, I got some friends that are expecting children on the way. So to all my friends out there who are who are newly or or very recent fathers, happy Father's Day to all of you. And truthfully, overall, happy Father's Day to all the good, responsible dads out there. Because I I got something I gotta say. And and before I say this. Disclaimer alert, this is not directed at anyone in particular. This is not directed at my dad. I want to make that very clear. I've I've openly disclosed the uh, tumultuous relationship that I've had with my dad in the past where he wasn't there all the time and, you know, I've forgiven that. I've forgiven that, and I understand it, okay? Sometimes it it took a long time for me to, like, really accept that. And yes, I do think I may have suffered certain... um, I, I think I missed out on certain things because of that. But everybody's got their story. Everybody's got got their thing. And and that's just the that's just the thing that I have to deal with, and that's fine. I, I've still I still claim, you know, I am who I am for all the things that I've gone through in my life, and that's how we all are. So I, I take nothing back from it. But my disclaimer, I want to make it very clear that I am not talking about anybody in particular, and I'm not talking about my my specific dad, in the least. But I do want to uh, address. All the deadbeat dads out there. If you're a deadbeat dad, if you are a a father to a child out there, and you choose not to be in that child's life, or to support that child, or to give that child love and guidance, that's what you are. To, to a child as, as a parent. You are their teacher. You are the person that's, that's there to teach them life lessons and to guide them onto their road to success and not make them fucked up. And the quickest way to make them fucked up is to not be there. So to all the deadbeat dads who skipped out on their kids or choose not to be in their lives, I just want to wish you a big ol' fuck you. That's what I gotta say. Because here's the thing. I know a lot of single moms. Like, I'm on the dating apps. And 90% of the people on there are single moms. Now, that's... <laughs> so, I know a lot of single moms. <laughs> but, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and uh, 
partially true though. Like you, you do. It is kind of sad in a way. Like I, I say that as a joke, but it is true. Like I've spent, you know, time on and off being on the dating apps. And in those times I have met a lot of women who are single moms and most of them on there are single moms. And the reason for that is because, well, first of all, a lot of it is because, and I will, I will say this, they broke up with their ex, but I've met a lot of, and this is not just on the dating apps. I've met a lot. I know a lot of women in general that are single moms. And I know for a fact that their baby daddies are pieces of shit. They skipped out on them. They fucking left them high and dry. They don't support. They don't call. They don't want to be a part of these kids life. And you know what that makes me? That makes me fucking sick. Like, I can't necessarily sit here and say that I would be a great dad. Like, I don't know that I have that in me. I'm sure if I had a kid, it would be very, very different. But there's one guarantee. If I had a kid and I wasn't prepared for it, it doesn't matter. Because now, it's, it's not about you. It's about that kid. Now, your life, everything that's happened, it's about that kid. You got to take care of that kid. And you, your entire existence from here until your death is about raising that kid and making sure that kid is, is taken care of. Whether they're like all the way through their adult life. You're supposed to be their mentor. You're, and and it's, just, it's really sad though. Especially as somebody who didn't really grow up with a dad. Like I said, I did have my uncle in that place to help bear that load, which was great. But I understand what it's like to not have a dad in your life. Now, my dad wasn't necessarily like neglectful in the fact that he, uh, you know... Uh, he he was around from time to time and he and he wasn't like he didn't not care about me. I felt like he cared about me. But there's kids out here who don't feel like their dad gives a fuck. Because they don't. And that's really fucked up. So I'm here speaking to all the deadbeat dads. To all the dads that decided they didn't want to be a part of their kids' life because they weren't ready. You think the mom was ready? You think the mom was ready to raise a child by themselves? Absolutely not. You're a selfish piece of shit. And there's a special place in hell for cowards like you. Like I said, if, if I found out I was going to be a dad, that's it. Like, everything I know about, like, it's, a, it's not about me anymore. And I'm a selfish motherfucker. Like, I'm very narcissistic and selfish, and, and I want everything for me. Once that kid's there, doesn't matter. It's about that kid. Everything in my life revolves around that child at that point in time. And the fact that some people just don't get that and choose to just fucking abandon their kid. Man. I mean, even, even dads who beat the shit out of their kids... At least they're there. At least they're providing. 
I mean, granted, I'm not saying that those kids have it good by any standard. I'm not advocating for child abuse and for neglect. But it's almost... It's on that level, okay? It's on the same level. You might as well just be abusing them. You're, you're mentally abusing them by not being there, by abandoning them. Especially if you have sons. I mean, it doesn't matter. Sons or daughters. Like, daughters are just as affected by not having a father figure. I mean, the, the chicks who don't have father figures are the ones on OnlyFans showing their tits and popping their puss. Like, that fucks them up a lot. They, the, daddy issues? That's a real fucking thing. So, you're fucking up your kids by, by not being there. And I just want to address that because, like I said, I know a lot of people, a lot of women who are single moms who the, de- the, the, the father just fucking elected to not, they just elected to, to be selfish and to be cowards and not take responsibility. And that's what they are. So, that was, that's, that's what I want to say. Simple as that. All the deadbeat dads out there. And you know what? If you are an abusive dad as well, if you're a physically abusive dad, even though you're there, fuck you too. Because that's fucked up. Like, don't be a drunk fucking piece of shit. Okay? I mean, there's a huge part of me that that truly believes if I had a kid, I would all altogether just stop drinking alcohol because I, I don't want to be that dad. I would never want to be that dad. I you would don't you want to strive to be better? To be the best parent? Like I just it just doesn't fucking I don't understand it is what it is. And it and it's and it's great that I'm surrounded by people who are good dads. My friends, I see the way they look at their kids. I see the way that they, you know, they're great dads. So, again, shout out to all the great dads out there. And a huge fuck you to all the deadbeat dads. Cuz that shit pisses me off. I'm not I'm not a fan of deadbeats. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and finish this thing out with, uh, some, some, this is a variant, uh, different topic. Okay. Totally different topic. Aliens are here. They exist. And we've known that. I mean, that seems pretty obvious at this point, but the, uh, a guy came out, a whistleblower, don't know his name, but uh, apparently worked for the air force, I believe. And just recently came out, I mean, we've had guys like this before, Bob Lazar and uh, David Fravor, who have came out and, like, spoken out about seeing, who, who are highly respected in their field, and, like, they were, I can't remember what Bob Lazar was, I think he was a scientist or some, he, he worked for Area 51, but David Fravor was a military pilot, and these are, like, accredited guys speaking on the fact that we have alien technology. Now, it doesn't, it's, the, the crazy thing about it is, it's not even the fact that these guys are talking about this, it's the fact that nobody is taking it seriously, or nobody's like, no, it, it I guess maybe because people have been, like, hoaxed, or they feel like it's, it's hokey, or they've been hoaxed in the past, but what if all this time, none of it was a hoax? Just, it's funny because when you say that we, we, potentially have alien technology people kind of just brush it off like nothing and i think it's a lot because of movies we've seen all these crazy movies so we're kind of desensitized to the fact that aliens could exist 
But just think for a second, if they actually do, like, do you not understand how absolutely fucking insane that is? And how, like, we would be living in a movie if aliens, if, if all of this is true and we really do, like, have alien technology in our presence and like we have been studying alien spaceships and aliens have been around just like hovering above us and watching us all these years do you not understand that that would change life as we know it like everything we know about the known universe or everything we know about right now is changed forever to know for an absolute fact that aliens are among us and floating around and watching us, like, that would be fucking bonkers. But nobody thinks about it like that. Nobody is, like, nobody's thinking about uh, the impact. Everyone's just like, oh, yeah, aliens, blah, whatever. We've heard this story before. What if all the times these people had been, like, t telling these tales and people were just brushing them off? They were the truth! It's just... Now, if you want my opinion, I believe it. I think they are here. The, I mean, the fact that there's, there's undeniably intelligent life somewhere else in this vast universe... The idea that it might be here among us now is crazy. There was a, there, one of the things was, um, that struck me as interesting was the, the amount of alien sightings that have increased since the atomic bombs were dropped has been like insane. Like there were, there were almost none before that. And then once the atomic bomb dropped they were just it, we, there were alien sightings everywhere and it makes sense because a radiation blast like that would trigger don't you think like if they were studying us or if they were like looking for us or you know uh whatever or if or if they knew about us and then that happened they'd be more curious about what the fuck's going on over here or if they didn't know about us and then that was like a signal that they, they were able to hone in on that signal of that blast. And they found us because of that. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's an interesting theory, but I, back to my thoughts on this. I truly do think that aliens exist. Absolutely. I don't know what they look like. I don't know if it's a xenomorph. I don't know if it's a, uh, meat more fucking, you know, ET alien. I don't know what to expect. I don't know. But I, all I know is I hope that they come in peace. Could you imagine if the aliens came here and they were like, who is the, like, the ultimate superpower on this planet? And obviously they say the United States, they have the strongest military, they basically run the world economy, like, that is, we're, we're the big daddy of planet Earth. And then they come and meet President Biden? Oh my god. Like, I don't even know what would be worse. Meeting Trump or meeting Biden, because Trump would be like, the ultimate narcissist, like... <laughs> I'm not gonna do a Trump impersonation, but... He would just... He, he'd be so un... 
enthused by the aliens. And then Biden wouldn't even know. He'd think he was looking in a mirror. He, he wouldn't even understand. The aliens, if, if they found out that we were the superpower and they went and met Biden, dude, we'd be in a, they'd be laughing at us. Like, this is the guy? This is your leader? This is the guy that, that runs your military. This is the guy that runs the, the, he's got the keys to that explosion that you guys did almost 100 years ago. Huh? Like, this is the guy that you're putting in charge? Dude, they would laugh at us, and they would take us over immediately. They'd be like, okay, uh, bring it in, boys. And then the motherships and all the fucking, they, they would come in, and they'd take control of us like that. Like I said, let's just hope that they're fucking, uh, let's just hope that they're, they come in peace, because God knows, uh, like I said, I just don't, it's crazy to me that people just don't, if you really think about it for just two seconds, if that was the truth, if they really are out there, it changes everything. Everything. So, stay tuned. I guess we'll see what the alien invasion uh, brings for us. But, that's it for me today. Thank you guys for joining. I'm going to be getting some guests on here soon. Just wasn't working out like timing-wise and with the trip and all that. I wasn't able to get a guest on this week. So look forward to having some guests on here in the, in the upcoming weeks. And uh, hope you guys have a great week. Make sure, you know, like I said at the beginning, look for the positives and the negatives. And uh, don't be a fucking deadbeat dad. And if you are one, one more time for you. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Like, share, subscribe, do all that. But most importantly, don't forget, life's a garden. Dig it. You've got to keep on going.